there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sid's Workshop. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today we're going to be talking about Return of the Evening Star by uh, Diane Rios. And um, I have to say, uh, this book was a little difficult for me to review because it was really hard for me to really formulate how I felt about it because ultimately I did like the book. Don't get me wrong. I didn't, I did like it. Um, I did enjoy it. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, I did think it had a lot of merit as well. And I do think that the story does offer young readers, um, a lot of God, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, it does offer young readers a lot to think about because it does handle themes such as deforestation and um, uh, animal rights, preservation of animals, and just the preservation of society uh, without falling into greed in a very thoughtful way. Um, but for me as an older reader, you know, I read, I read juvenile fiction all the time. Um, I just read two recently that were very good, you know, Ghost Girl and the Troubled Girls of Dragonmere Academy. I mean, I liked juvenile fiction. I'm a huge fan of the uh, School for Good and Evil series. Um, I love the Percy Jackson series. I really want to read more of Ricky Gordon, The Presents, to go into different cultures and different mythologies. But what I think fails with this novel is it just seems very juvenile. Um, I feel like it lacks some maturity. I feel like it's, in a way, I don't want to say it talks down to kids. I, I don't think it does that. I don't think that's the author's intent. But for me, as a older reader reading this, I feel like it was just one-dimensional. I, I feel as if the characters were one-dimensional. And the narrative, the dialogue, it was very chunky, the dialogue, uh, especially because we're not just in Chloe's perspective. She's our main protagonist, right? We do switch to other protagonists. You know, we are with Silas Stargazer, the artist. We even get her uncle's perspective at one time, which I didn't really feel was necessary for the overall progression of the plot. It was just kind of like filler for me. Um, you get the mouse's perspective. I mean, there are talking animals in this book and I liked the talking animal aspect. I thought it was, it was very reminiscent of C.S. Lewis, um, the Chronicles of Narnia series. So, I liked bits and pieces of the novel. I really did, you know, I, uh, and ultimately I did enjoy, I did enjoy it, but as I was reading it, it just felt a lot of the time like it was talking, not down, it lacked maturity, it lacked depth as far as the characterization was going. And I think that that was very detrimental to my overall enjoyment of the story. 
because it was just sort of wishy-washy. I get it. It's a book for kids. Um, but you can write books for kids and still have a lot of um, emotional depth. I think we're in the stage in our life where we can be more honest with children nowadays. Uh, we don't really have to sugarcoat anything. We don't have to kind of present everything like it's perfect. Um, I think nowadays we can actually be more honest with our children um, as they get older, as they mature, about how difficult life can be at times, you know? Um, so that's where I, that's where I fell in the overall narrative. And it was just very hard for me to get into. Um, I read the first book. This is a book one of two. I read the first book. I liked the first book. Um, but I feel like as well, like this one was a little too rushed. It was a little too condensed. Um, she's trying to save Chloe. She's trying to save her mother and all the people in the hospital from the hospital. Because it turns out the hospital is actually evil, right? Um, they take people who, you know, you have a, you have a cough. And so what they do is they pretty much take everyone who's sick, put them in a coma, and it's just like, oh, it's okay, we'll keep caring for them. You just have to keep paying this, you know? They're extorting money from families. And when people can no longer keep paying for their treatment, um, the hospital disposes of these people. It's a little horrific um, in a way. Actually, it is horrific. Not in a way. It's, it is horrific. So... Chloe and her friends, you know, you've got the, I can't remember her name, but she's this woman, she lives in the woods, she makes magical pies that make you younger. They've come up with this plan, and then you've got Silas Stargazer as well. He's with the animals, they're in a charge in, because the ambulances as well are also inflicting hor pain on people. They are running down anyone they can to take them to the hospital. So, again, horrific. <laughs> um, so, that's what they're doing. And it's just kind of... It's hard to get into just because you have a lot of different elements happening at once. You've got Silas Stargazer. The book is called Return of the Evening Star. I only remember seeing the Evening Star return for one scene. Um, so... I didn't really see the importance of the evening star other than to go to Silas Stargazer and be like, hey, we need to get all the animals together. There's a lot of bad stuff happening in this town. It has to be stopped. You know, the animals are getting angry. Right? So, it was just kind of clunky, you know, for me to, to read this book. It was kind of clunky. It didn't really feel cohesive. I think the pacing was lacking. Um... I think the tension was lacking, which again, it really shouldn't. Like I said, there's a lot of horrific things that are happening in the book, but it seems very underdeveloped as an overall story. I do like its themes. Um, 
I don't like that we're given certain character perspectives that don't add anything to the plot, like her uncle's perspective, for one. That wasn't really essential. Um, I don't think we also needed the mouse's perspective for that one scene where Chloe's like, hey, go get my friend who's at the hospital and bring her here. So we're following the mouse's perspective and then we're following that girl's perspective for that one scene. And I'm like, it, again, that was another scene that it didn't really add anything to the story. Um, it was just kind of there for plot purposes just to show like, hey, this is what happened when the mouse went. <laughs> it, did, it wasn't really necessary overall. Um, it was not necessary. For the overall development of the plot, it didn't really add anything to the story. Um, and I feel like when authors do that, and this is a pet peeve of mine, I will admit that. When authors do do that, they just kind of insert um, perspectives for a one-time thing. And it doesn't really add anything other than to show, hey, this is what's going on outside of our main protagonist's perspective. So this is what I want to show you. If it doesn't really add anything to the story, I don't think it's necessary. And in this case, it didn't really add anything to the story. Uh, we have a bunch of other animals that are talking. We didn't really need the mouse's perspective. Um, so, you know, that's my two cents on that. And it really is a pet peeve of mine when authors do that, when they just kind of want to show what's happening outside of your main protagonist's perspective and insert a scene that doesn't really add anything other than to show um and tell the reader so you know you're just telling the reader what's happening and it doesn't it didn't add anything ultimately and it, it really did spoil my overall enjoyment of the story because i really did think you know there was a lot more that could have happened there was a lot more that could have been done i think the story could have been written in a more mature way I think that, you know, if you're a parent and you're looking for something, you know, that's not really heavy on themes, um, looking for something very clean, you know, I, I know a lot of parents out there like, is this age appropriate for my child? Yeah, this is going to be one of those books. It is very cleanly written. It does have a very happy ending. It is wonderful for young readers. Um, to read it's not really heavy it doesn't really have a lot of heavy themes it does talk about heavy themes you know i think there is that underlying um story of preservation of animals and um deforestation but overall ultimately it was just okay and again if you're worried about your kid like ooh, being um Sorry, my, my daughter's starting to, to cry, so I have to wrap this up. Um, if you're worried about your kid reading something appropriate, this is definitely going to be one of those books that is appropriate because it is uh, very clean, it's very concise, it does have a lot of happy endings in the end. So it is a wholesome story. I'll say that. It is a wholesome trilogy. It is very wholesome. It's very sweet. Um, it, I just think it, for me personally, it lacked some depth. Um that I'm used to when it comes to reading or that I'm really picky about. Um, so this was Return of the Evening Star. It gets three out of five stars. Um, 
it wasn't terrible. It just, it was lacking something for me, which made it really difficult for me to, you know, present my feelings on it in a very clear, cohesive way. Um, so once again, three out of five stars if you want to purchase the book. I just say purchase the book from your local bookseller or online book retailer. Support your bookstores in any way that you can um, instead of getting them off of Amazon, please. That's all I ask. If money's tight, there's also your local library. Another great resource for readers like you to get books for free because it costs nothing. <laughs> um, and on that note, I hope you all continue to support me here by liking this podcast, sharing it with all your book-loving friends, and subscribing to it. You can also become a supporter on Buy Me A Coffee or by purchasing one of my handmade candles. I will include links to all of this in the description. Uh, you can also become a supporter on Anchor FM, my recording platform, for just 99 cents a month. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading.